0: What is up, happiness homies? Welcome to another episode of Modern Business where I have my first guest on today. So if you are someone who is in the corporate world, wants to pursue their passion, wants to take that leap into doing work that you love, you obviously know that that's what I'm here for. It's exactly what Brian has done. And if you feel like the number one reason that you can't leave your job is because of your finances, is because of that consistent paycheck... Uh, That's what Brian's specialty here is to talk about today, and we go through an exact plan on how you can set up a game plan for yourself to know when is the right time to quit, how can I get my finances in order so that I can leave my job and pursue my passion. So Brian was what he calls a corporate American turned global citizen, and after a career in finance, he was actually working on building his very own fitness studio while he was still in his finance career in New York City. And while building up that finance studio, he actually got laid off, which you'll hear about, uh, right as he was about to quit so he could pursue the fitness studio full-time. And then from that path, he ended up giving away 99% of his belongings in an effort to leave the traditional path so he could see the world and live life on his own terms. Uh, From that experience and from living his life and traveling the world, people started asking him about – how he's doing this, how he's living this amazing life, uh, traveling the world. Uh, And then through that, he created his program called The Simple Man Guide, which uh, really is his personal brand dedicated to helping others leave the corporate world behind so that they can simplify their lives and regain power over their most precious asset, which is time. And I think what you'll find, which is what Brian and I both love, is that you you have the chance to live a life that you love every single day. And Brian and I get into that conversation today. So I'm so excited to bring to you this episode. And without further ado, here is Brian Gallagher. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Modern Business. I'm your host, Matthew Allen, and I am so pumped to be joined by a new friend of mine, Brian Gallagher. Brian, how the hell are you?
1: Matt, I'm doing wonderfully. Uh, Thanks for reaching out. I mean, this has been great getting to connect with you over the past couple of weeks. and I'm super excited to uh, just wrap with you today, my man.
0: Yeah, this is great. We uh, basically randomly connected through Instagram and uh, Brian does a little bit of what I do. I kind of was doing some outreach, looking for people who are struggling in their corporate job and uh, or dislike their corporate job and wanted to want to leave that and pursue their passion and really don't know how. And uh, stumbled across Brian and uh, really doing the same kind of stuff. So um, yeah, again, the purpose of my podcast and why I'm here is to really empower people if they do just, you know, they just hate their job and it's kind of causing them a lot of pain. They're unhappy. Um, I want to empower them and give them some guidance into how they can leave that life, uh, pursue a life that they really do love. Uh, So before we dive into all of that, uh, I would love to just hear your story because like myself, civil engineer, moved to Colorado to become a personal trainer, blah, blah, blah. The people know they've been listening. They get my story, but this is about you. So I want to hear your story. Going uh, from that corporate life, what was that like, and where you are now?
1: Sure. Um, so I, I I did all the all the shoulds, right? I I, I studied hard in school, went to college, uh, landed a corporate gig at a at a uh, pretty big company right out of school, Johnson and Johnson. I worked in accounting um, there for two years. I went through this financial leadership development program, which is meant to groom the future financial leaders of the company. I quickly found out that that was just not, not my thing at all. Um, I I went through and graduated the two-year program, but I left shortly after. Uh, And then I went to work in investment banking, which is kind of what I wanted to do when I went to college. Um, And so I finally landed that job at 25 years old. I picked up and moved to New York, uh, quit my job, started my new job, found a new apartment, all within the span of like 10 days back in 2005. And uh, got to New York, started this job. And wow, it was quite a change in speed from, from what I was doing in accounting for a very large uh, firm. I was at a super small investment bank. Uh, just the way that they treated people and the expectations were so much different. So just to, just to put this in context here. So at Johnson & Johnson, if I had a, an assignment that was given to me and someone would say, ah, let's let's get let's it to you. Uh, let's get it back in like three weeks. I'm like, okay, plenty of time. My very first week on the job at my investment bank, someone dropped about 50 hours of work on my desk Friday evening at 5 p.m. and said, I need this by Tuesday. And I was like, holy hell, like I'm in a different ball game right now. Um so I I did that for 9 years not at that same stress level that stress level kind of ended about 3 to 4 years in once you go from analyst to associate. But after about 6 years I I started to started to think like man maybe this maybe this wasn't what I wanted to do and started to become kind of like disenchanted with the with the the idea and the story that I felt we were all sold kind of like go to school, get this corporate job, stay there forever. And it just, after a while, it just started to really kind of wear me down and um, it's just not what I wanted to do anymore. And about this time, a friend of mine had approached me a guy that worked at the investment bank with me. And he's like, Hey, I got this idea for this, for a fitness studio do you want to work on it with me? And I was like, this is it. This is my out. I'm like, absolutely. It was, it sounded super fun. And I was like, we had created something literally from nothing. We had no fitness experience. We had no kind of running a small business experience. This was all things we were going to take and learn as we went. And we learned a lot. It was, it was a grind to do. Um, but it was super fun. I was wearing like, uh, like a 70s style gym teacher uniform to like coach my classes every day. I loved coaching. I absolutely loved it. I had a blast doing it, Um, but we quickly found that it just wasn't, it wasn't economically feasible to support two guys and it just, at our age. And it just was like, look, we love doing this. It just didn't make much sense. Um, So we closed the studio down in 2017 it was at this point that I started to think about like, wow, okay, this is like the last, this was kind of the last, the last thing I needed to shed to like, give me the ultimate freedom it was like, I don't, I don't have to, I'm out of the corporate job anymore. I, I found that work could be fun. Uh, but with the studio, I was tied to a location. And after we closed the studio, I was like, wow, I could, I could pretty much live wherever I want and do whatever I want. Um, I had some money saved. I paid down all my student debts and all that kind of stuff. So I had built a nice financial cushion for myself um, by living simply and and just like um, not not really deriving my happiness from acquiring things anymore. Like I didn't have a super nice apartment. I didn't go out and buy a ton of clothes. I didn't own a car for 15 years. I mean, I lived in New York, granted, I didn't need it, but there's were things I just refused to do because I had something bigger in the back of my head. I was like, man, I really don't, I don't really need this job. What else can I do? And um, in 2019, I got rid of all my stuff, like whatever was left. I had gone through a transformation like in 2012 after I returned from a trip similar to what you did. I, but I, I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro um, with a, with a bunch of friends of mine and I came back and it completely changed my outlook on everything. And I really took a bunch of action then, And but 2019 was when I kind of shed the rest of my stuff. I got rid of my apartment, and I literally just drove to my parents' house, dumped a box of stuff off, and then I, I left. And I was out of the country for probably almost two years straight um, or about a year and a half straight. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, I, I, I love this. Like, it's just, it wasn't the, it wasn't even the travel thing. And you, and you can relate to this. I'm sure it wasn't even the travel thing. It was just the freedom. It was just Mm -hmm. like, nobody can tell me what to do, what to wear, where to be, where I have to live, how I need to speak, who I need to speak with. It, It was just that feeling of waking up and knowing like, I can do whatever I want today. Like that, that is where I draw my energy to help other people have life. like it, it, to me. It's like the simple things now that I can do that I couldn't do before. And, uh, and, and here I am, I'm in LA at the moment. I'm i I'm in the midst of a two month road trip with my Italian girlfriend who's never been to the United States. So it's like, I I'm, I'm doing, I'm living my free life completely. And it's like, it, it's, it's, um, it's fantastic. I mean, I, it's, it's just a great feeling to be completely, completely untethered to basically anything or any place. And, and uh, I like it. And I want other people to figure out what their free life is. And then I want to help them get there. I want to help them put to t- put together a plan to get there.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. So I hope
1: that wasn't too long winded, but that's no, my story.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love all of it. There's so many like directions to go and I have so many questions on it, but yeah. I think what's coming up for me first is, yeah. um, you know, is this trip? Because we do have that in common. Um, Any new listeners, like I rode my bike across the country in 2016. And that was like, every day was amazing. Like you said, you're not tethered to anything. You're meeting new people. Um, For me, it was like, wake up, ride my bike, then whatever, I average 65 miles. So ride my bike, probably 65 miles, eat food and go to bed again and repeat. And yeah, and meet amazing people and all this stuff. And kind of what comes up for me, for you saying this is like, you know, that was what was life changing. I'm like, wow, you know, there is a way to like love every single day that you live. So for you, like, how is it, um, marrying this idea of complete freedom, not having to answer anyone, not, not even to answer to anyone doing whatever you want, but also like, I have you on cause you're like you're the money guy, right? Like that's a lot of the stuff you put on with your content. So, um, how do you marry that with like, cool, I can have this life and we need to make money. So what was that like for you? So, so going back to my my my
1: last job, my last corporate job, I was getting paid pretty well. I mean, I was there for nine years. I had I had risen to the the vice president level. Um, if you're familiar with like the hierarchy in the investment banking world, that's like the top of the mid level, right? And then you go into like. Hey, now you got to start going out and finding your own deals, and we pay you based on what you find. It becomes more commission based at the next level. I didn't go to that level because I had left before. And actually, quick quick backstep. I actually got asked to leave. I was let go, oh, which really? was slightly disappointing because I didn't get to give like the the emphatic "I'm out of here" kind yeah. of like walkout. Not that I would have maybe done that, but uh, they let me go 10 days before I had picked, I had already picked my date to leave and I was waiting for my bonus check to hit. And they let me go 10 days before and they still paid me uh, a good portion of my bonus, no bad feelings or anything, but, um, and it, it kind of just set me up with like, Hey, I can do something that I want to do for work that I enjoy. I no longer enjoyed what I was doing and i had built myself a pretty nice cushion i was like i said i was very simple with what i did and what i wanted um and giving myself that cushion to kind of finance my transition plan into uh going from a pretty high salary to almost nothing on some months we didn't pay ourselves at all because um either revenue was down we had a we had an expense we had to cover like it, it was it was pretty much like a not only the money was a drastic change, the the emotional stability was also a drastic change. Because basically yeah. I like I think of it as like if you have a corporate job and you don't and you don't fuck, I mean you don't you don't mess up. I don't know if we can curse in this podcast If away. you don't if you don't if you don't fuck up, it's like your your paycheck is just steady eddy. Like you don't you don't screw it up. But if you're if you're running your own business, like there are months where you do really well, there are months where you do terribly, and it's like it's all over the place. Like the emotional. The emotional kind of—I hate to use that term—but the emotional like roller coaster, you know, is is way different. Mm-hmm. And, it really um, is that yeah It really is. I mean, it's the truth. It's like you—you you, some days you have one day you'll have the greatest news ever, and then the next day you'll have the worst news ever, and it's like you can't—you can't predict which is coming when. So you just have to be like, okay, this is what I chose, um, and I also—I often have to remind myself of all the benefits that come along with that emotional like stress you know like all the things that I that I now get to do because I have all of my time back and I own all of my time and that's the responsibility that that I chose in 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 leaving that world so um but yeah going back to your your original question was like building myself the financial cushion was what got me through um the first kind of year or two. I mean, we were paying ourselves with the studio, but not much. A couple of months, we did not pay ourselves. And, and luckily, I had that financial cushion. So that helped me get through and helped me kind of get through to where I am now because I was doing a mix of different things after the fitness studio. I mean, I was we were doing private events for the company that we had the studio from. I was selling fitness books and fitness kind of programming and stuff. And uh, I really transitioned into the coaching in the past call it four months. So I haven't been doing it very long, maybe even three where it's like consistently like having people and having clients to, to talk to and work with. And uh, it's a, it's a fairly new venture for me. And uh, it's a step that I couldn't have gotten to with all the other things prior. It's not like I could have left my banking job and went, I want to go into coaching. It's like it took me experience to get there. And that's kind of what I want to help people do is like, you can shorten that period. What took me 11 years of corporate and three years post-corporate to learn, I hope that I could help people create a plan to get them there a lot sooner. And I like to think of it, the things that I, that I work with people on are things that I wish I knew when I was like 27. When I started to become like a little unhappy with, the path that I was on that I almost felt I didn't 100% choose myself. You know, it was kind of like a preset, like a prefab thing, like pre-designed and yeah, having, having money saved was, was probably the most important thing. And there's a couple of things that I can attribute to how I was able to save money and uh, we, we can go whatever direction you want, man, I'm yours for the next hour. So feel free to ask whatever you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I love the idea that like what you said, you just started this whole coaching to teach people what you've learned in the past, whatever, 19 years, like whatever that number is. Uh, And that's why you pay a coach, right? That I think it's the investment. It's shrinking down time. So like, listen, I I can save you from all the mistakes I made to help you figure this out quicker. Like, that is the point of the investment. Sure. Um, But it's also important that you, like you said, you couldn't have gotten here, like without going through a lot of this stuff, without starting the the fitness studio and learning, like you said, we had zero experience in this. So you had to figure it out along the way. And that was important lessons that you learned to allow you to then go, cool, this isn't financially going to support two guys. So I'm out of here. And now you have this nice cushion to go travel and allow yourself that freedom for what, almost two years, you said to- kind of just travel without worrying about an income. And then because we talked, and I know your story a bit, people just started asking you, how are you doing this? Yes. How are you traveling yeah. and doing this? And you're like, oh, I can help people with this, right? Yeah. And, and you never would have gotten there if you didn't take that first step into starting that studio. So yeah. I'm curious, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll I kind of wanted to talk about your program a little bit later sure. uh, in this, yeah. but uh, oh, let me take a step back. I want to go back to way back. You know, you said um, you were in this corporate job for nine years, but you said at at six years, you had this thought of like, this isn't what I want to do. Is is that right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just felt very, um, it it felt very constricting. It it just wasn't, I feel like I have, and I, I, all people know this, right? You have certain kind of like strengths and things that you are good at, things you are interested in. And those things just weren't popping up in what I was doing. Like I was becoming, I felt forced to kind of learn about things that I had no interest in. And, mm. and I had like a kind of a, kind of like a wake up light bulb moment uh, when I was talking to one guy at my firm who was a little, who was senior to me. So I was working on all of his transactions with him and he, we were in a certain industry. We were stu- We were like working with engineering and construction companies. And like, I tried to, go home and start to like read industry magazines to like get smart on that industry. And I was forcing myself to do it. And this guy, this guy I work with is like, he enjoyed it. He was like, he would go to the beach and he would take stuff with him like that and read, or he'd read it at night. And I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to understand it like that guy, because I just don't have the desire and the curiosity to continue going. Now, if you have something that you are curious about, you will, you will go down the rabbit holes and you will, you will open up all these different doors and one question will lead you here and something that you read will lead you to something else. I just didn't have it. I was literally forcing myself to read this stuff and anything else that came up that was a distraction, I was like, oh, I got to do this or, oh, I got to do that. And it was like, I didn't want to read about that. And that was kind of what woke me up to like, man, I got to find something that I'm interested in, or I'm just going to, I'm never going to be the best at it. You know, it's like, you have to find your specific kind of your offering, your skills, your interest, your voice, and, and 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 kind of go from there. That's kind of like, that's almost like the foundation, right? Like you have to get those things right, or everything else is just going to be you want the time to fly by quicker. Like you want it to be Friday and I don't want it to be Friday every day. Like I like Monday. I like Tuesday. Yeah. I like Sunday. I, you know, it's like, I don't want to have that life where it's like, I can't wait for these next four days to zoom by like that. That sucks to me.
0: Yeah, so, for sure. That's what I always say. Yeah. I'm like, I, I haven't had Sunday scaries in three years since I Same. left corporate. I don't even know what that feels like. And it's no, no. Monday blues. I don't care about Wednesday hump day. Like no. there is no hump day every day. No. Is the best day of the they're year. all,
1: they're the same. They're all the yeah. same. And they're all, you can do whatever you want with them.
0: Yeah. So I really love what you said about um like forcing yourself to learn something. And, and this is what I always go back to where I'm like, when I had some off time when I was an engineer, like, you know, I'd make sure no one could see my computer and I would be researching like fitness stuff. I'd be yeah. like, because that's what I loved. And, um, for the bike trip, I'd be learning about the bike trip and getting prepared for that. And then I started a bike blog and I'd be writing blogs, you know, when my boss wasn't looking and like, that was so fun for me. And then yeah. photography as well. I was teaching myself about that stuff and people always are, you know, not everyone, some people have passion, which is great. And like, those are people I love to help. Like, all right, let's pursue that. But then there's people who are like, I don't have a passion. I'm like, there's nothing you like outside of work. Like, right. I think for, like, you know, when you were in, in that corporate job, um, Were you finding yourself if you weren't, you know, getting caught doing it, like looking up fitness stuff?
1: Of course. I mean, I, 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 that could have been part of the reason I got let go was me and only one other person that got let go at that time. And I had survived three to four layoffs prior. I mean, I went through some pretty tough years. I mean, the whole financial crisis crisis of 2008, we, we, we downsized a lot. We closed some offices and I survived those. Um, But I started to work on this studio with my business partner probably about oh man i want to say 8 months before i left or i left 8 months before i left and, and we were even like skipping out at i was skipping out at 5:30 and that's like unheard of in my industry to go and i was going to teach classes like i was leaving the office in a suit Riding down to the fitness space that we rented from somebody else, changing into my gym teacher uniform and teaching two classes. Like, and I was fully focused on that. I had n- I was not interested, and I was kind of like, I put myself on the path of least resistance in the last 18 months of my job where I was like, I'm not gonna look for any additional work. I'm gonna do what's given to me. I'm gonna stay under the radar and I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna stay here as long as I need to. And Luckily, as long as I needed to, and as long as they wanted me to, were within two weeks. So am I, it was funny, my, my CEO, who was like my CEO there for as long as I'd been and, and some other people had come in the firm and kind of started to take over the leadership. But as I as I got let go, which it wasn't his decision, he was like, I just want to congratulate you on a near perfect exit. Like everything kind of lined up for me when that works. So I, I was super happy with that. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a good ending. Um, no regrets. And they, it actually allowed me to do what I'm doing now. So I I'm, I'm happy in, in every way. And so were they, you know, they got somebody out of there who didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. No hard feelings.
0: I, I love that. I mean, that's spot on with me, right? Like engineering, you know, I mean, construction, you're supposed to like, stay late, get some stuff done. And I'm like, I'm like, just, I'm like, I'm, I'm done at like 445 probably sooner yeah. and I'm like I could leave now but you can't just leave so I'm like 50504 just to be like I stayed yeah. a little bit longer but I'm like I don't want to stay here I don't care like yeah. I'll do the work and you know I'm not going to get myself fired but like I and I had CrossFit classes I was coaching so like I told my boss like on Thursday I have part-time coach CrossFit so like 530 I need to be at that class and it's like that was my priority. And it's like, I could have, if I kept staying there, I might've been in the same position where it's like, Matt doesn't really care about this stuff.
1: Yeah. He hates this place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah. I I love that. So I'm curious, you know, your, your energy is very palpable. I think people can hear it. Obviously I can see you smiling and laughing about this (laughs) because it's in the past, but for people who are listening, who are maybe going through this now, like, can you bring me back to a day maybe where you were like laying in bed, you know, maybe it was at six years in, and you're like, "I I can't do this, and this is like killing me slowly." Can you take me back to maybe one of those nights where what was going through your head, and what well, was it scary? Where you're like, "Oh no, I don't want to do the thing that I'm supposed to do for the next forty years." What was that like?
1: I mean, I I probably should have listened earlier because I, because I, that voice was pretty loud, even when I first started within my first six months of the job that I moved to New York for. Um, I moved to a city where I didn't know anybody. I I was in an apartment that was a quarter the size of my apartment before. I was paying three times the rent. I was working from 9am till 11 every night. Um, it was just a pretty tough kind of start. And But everyone in that industry did it. So it wasn't like, uh, yeah, you could, you could commiserate with your fellow analysts, but the senior guys were like, we don't care. I mean, this is what's required. This is what all of us did. So You just have to do it too. Um, But yeah, I mean, there were days where like I put on the suit and I reluctantly put on the tie and I was like, to me, that was like the final piece of like the the suit that everybody had to wear to look the same. That was like locking the final piece in place. Mm -hmm. And I fought that tie so hard for so long. I fought two things, my tie and shaving. I kept facial hair like this. So those of you that, aren't, that are listening and not watching, it's probably about an eighth of an inch long, like a couple yeah. of days of stubble. Nice full cool beard. Yeah, I had somebody come up to me, one of the senior, the newer senior guys come up to me and they had some other people in there. He's like, I'm going to need you to put a tie on today. And I and I was like, that was the one point where I was like, oh shit, I better do this. But I fought the shaving thing so hard for a long time and I never, I didn't, I think I shaved twice the entire time I was at this job because I just hated it. But Wearing, wearing the suit, the subway ride was terrible in New York. If you've ever been in the city in the summer, um, the subway is about not even exaggerating, man, it's 25 degrees hotter in the subway with the same humidity. So if you wear, like I specifically remember wearing like the light blue dress shirts and I walk out of the subway in Rockefeller center where my office was. And I look like I swam to work. Like I couldn't wear my jacket I had to go and sit in the office for an hour and not move, so the sweat would dry and the shirt would dry and look like back to normal. Um, just those things, and just being jammed in with everybody else. I mean, the feeling for me was like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want to complain about the same shit. I don't want to wear the same clothes. I don't want to eat lunch at the same time as the entire world is doing it. I just don't want to get coffee in the morning when everyone else is doing it. I just wanted to do my own thing. And it was like, all these things combined um, not to mention like the stress of the job and the way people treated analysts in that industry, like it, it, a lot of it kind of like um, all culminated in that, in that final thought. Like I gotta, I gotta do something on my own. Like I want to work for myself. I don't want to be in these situations where I'm not happy and I'm wishing the the days to blow by. I didn't want to do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I'm resonating so hard with all this stuff because I lived in New York city. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah, the subway. So I would, I would not put my shirt on. I would pack it in my backpack because I'd be drenched and then I would put it on when I got to work. And yeah, the whole tie thing. Like, so if you were in the main office at my engineering, like HQ, uh, you got to wear a tie. But if you're out on a project, there was like one summer, it was super hot. So like, all right, you don't have to wear a tie. And then it slowly became like, all right. If you're out on the project, if you're on the field, you don't have to wear a tie. And I was like, yeah, I don't have to put the tie on. Like, so hyped about that. And it's like, it's these little things that, like, oh, it's just it. It gets to you, and like, yeah. And it's like, I hate this. I don't want. I don't want any part of this. And and then that just like turned like. I didn't hate my job, but I didn't love it. And but all these little things is just like. I don't want to be a part of any of this. And I, mm-hmm. and that was like, again, for me, the bike trip where it's like, oh, I don't have to do this. I could live a life that's amazing. Um, my last question before I kind of want to start talking about like how you help sure. people. Um, uh, this Mount Kilimanjaro trip. Yeah. And then I had my bike trip, right? Like, do you feel like it's important for people to experience something like that? And like, I even say for New York city, like the grind, the hustle, like that, that lifestyle is so toxic and you're just like forced into it where i'm like my i'm like i don't even if you don't do a giant trip i'm like get the fuck out of new york city if you're there maybe la for some people chicago like get out of these big cities go somewhere else um yeah anyway but like do you feel like for some people it might take this just go do this like thing that that is just kind of crazy or sounds crazy
1: I think something like that, yes. I think getting out of the city is key. I mean, once you're in there, it's almost like you get in and like they, you pull the big cover over and you can't really see anything else. And it's like, this is what everybody does. And until you kind of pop your head above that, you're like, oh, I mean, not everywhere lives like this. Like, I mean, there were times, man, when I was 27, 28, I was like, I can't live anywhere else in the world other than New York. Everything I could ever want is here. And then after a while it starts to beat you down and it's like you you crave other things and then like you you get you start to get a little taste of those things you crave and I'm like wow I could do this every day or something similar to this and like what I what drew me to New York when I was 25 kind of started to push me away when I was 35 it was like I just had enough it was just other things I wanted to do I don't think it's necessary to actually go and do something like, completely out of the ordinary, although I would highly recommend it. Um, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I think there are other ways to kind of help you understand or help others understand that there is another way to do things. Uh, but sometimes it just takes that, like, that punch in the stomach or that kick in the ass, you know, to like, get you to see that you can live another way. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with a fear and, and, and the thought that you kind of have to continue on this path. You started, um, when, when, when you don't, I I don't think you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do. I mean, you're proof of that. as am I. And so a lot, and that's why I like social media, because people can see that this is possible and, um, you know, it's a tool there's good and bad to it, but uh, I do love that. I can show people, um, you know, these possibilities like, Hey, you don't have to be stuck in this, this world that our, our parents said, get the nine to five job it's secure, you'll be happy. Um, and you kind of, these deep ingrained beliefs that people just like, oh, so this is how it has to be when it's just not true. And to come back yeah. and to yourself and realize like, well, what do I really want? What, what do you want fills me up? And yeah, yeah. I love that. So, so kind of transitioning into um, sure. how, you know, your, your coaching practice now, um, the simple man guide, and you've said simple a bunch kind of throughout this podcast today. Um, so tell me about what the simple man guide is. Um, and yeah, I'll let you take it from there.
1: Sure. I mean, the name actually had something to do. It wasn't, I didn't have, like I mentioned, I didn't have the coaching in mind when I first started that, um, where that came from was I was working in fitness. I had some friends that started to ask me like, Hey, how can I eat better? What can I do for workouts? Like I I need to lose 20 pounds. And I was like, I took a step back and I was like, what is the simplest way that I would do if I had to lose 20 pounds, if I was in their position. So I put together this like eating plan, everything like, Hey, Hey, go buy these things, go buy these containers, go prepare your food this way, eat it this time, do these workouts. Like it was very like very specific and like what I would suggest to do and meant to be like a roadmap for them, like through a 30 day period. And I just, the simple kept popping up in my head. So it was just like, I'm just going to call this the Simple Man's Guide to Slimming Down. Mm. And that's what I ended up calling it. And that I just, I went and like went on the Instagram and like a a year later and tried to grab that name and it was there. So I just took Simple Man Guide. It worked for me. And maybe it's not what I would have done now, but I think it fits. And I think there's there's a lot of possibilities and opportunities for me to like, Apply that same simplicity mindset to a bunch of different things, and I try to do that. I do that in my coaching, um, and the way that I try to help people uh, live, I what I call, I say, help people live their free life. What is their free life, and helping them do that. And so, as I mentioned before to you, but but for but for others listening, I I was in fitness. I was traveling a bit. I was working out in all these cool spots that I would try to find. That was kind of like my 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 passion or my hobby at the time, like I'm going to find the best spots to work out outside for free, no gym, no equipment or using equipment that you could find anywhere. And that was kind of like my shtick for a while. And, but people started asking me like, well, where are you now? Or how, how are you doing this? And then, and then the light bulb started to go off. I was like, yeah, how did I get here? And then is this something that other people would like? And if it is, how can I help them do the same thing? And, and what are the steps that I would tell them to take to get there? And it was basically just creating, creating the, the, the same roadmap that I used. And just instead of it taking 11 years, now it takes, it's like, Hey, we can condense this. I can teach you this and put you through this, these steps. And, and, in in 45 days doesn't mean you'll get out of your job in 45 days. It's just that after 45 days of working together, we'll have a pretty tight plan of what you need to do to get where you want to go. And, um, and that's kind of how I started to preface it as I as I went out there and started to um, I started to seek uh, coaching clients and I, and uh, that was kind of the 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 like the idea I had in my head to to help people do that.
0: Yeah, I, you know what I really love. What stands out for you is that again you left a fitness um, a studio and were able to just kind of like travel and do what you love for a little while and then. Uh, when we talked the first time we talked and you were like, yeah, people were just seeing what I was doing. They were seeing me travel, um, and explore. And they're like, how the hell do you do this? And like you said, that's what kind of sparks like, oh, people want this. Yeah. Okay. How can I, how can I teach them how to do that and taking that step back? And when I know a great fear that people have, right. And we'll talk about this in a second, the whole money thing, but you saw my post today, right? I said, my people tell me my biggest fear is of leaving my corporate job is that steady paycheck. And I'm like, okay, if that's your greatest fear, go make money. Problem solved. Right. Yeah. But if it's not that easy, right. So what right. comes up after I tell you go make money, there's a deeper fear there. You know, what is really stopping you uh, from making money? And I think one of those things is who would buy from me, who, who would purchase my product. And what I love to show people is that it's you, you are the reason people will buy what you have, right? When I was a business coach for personal trainers, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't have a 50,000 followers, right? There are other business coaches for personal trainers who have way more followers than me, yet still people buy from me. Why is that? It's because of me. I don't have a business degree. You know, I don't have all these things, but it's me showing up um, my truest life and living a happy life and just being Weird ass me and goofy and yeah, yeah, I swear and I'm like very weird sometimes. And like, but that's what attracts the right people. And I think you're just a great example of that where you're like, I didn't even mean to be a coach. I just lived my perfect life. And then people started asking me how to do it. And then I created this program. So I didn't really have a question on that. I just want to like show people like if you're like so afraid to start a business, why why would anyone buy from me if that's a big thought of yours? You are the reason people will buy from you. Right. And I, and you're just such a great example of that. So I just wanted to throw okay. that out there. Um, but so going back to your program, so sure. it's, a, it's a 45 day, like six, about six weeks, right? Six weeks. Yeah. Um, you said life lifestyle design. And I remember you told me your, your four pillars, correct me if I get these wrong, but it's in no specific order. Sure. Mindset, money, fitness, and then the game plan.
1: Yes. So yeah, I use, I use different terms, but it's yeah. the same. It's the same. So I say, I say wellness, money, mindset, pursuit,
0: awesome. same thing. Yeah. Cool.
1: Um, and based on, based on a first, a first initial call and seeing where they think they need the most help, we will kind of, we will rank or like I call treat we will triage those pillars and say like, Hey, so, like for instance, one of my clients now is a, he works for a fitness company. So I'm like, Hey, it's just my guess. We haven't gotten into all this yet, but it's my guess that wellness is going to be at the bottom for you because you have a lot of knowledge there and, and I, and and you don't need mine. I I'm not like, I'm not going to teach you anything that you don't already know. And a lot of the stuff that I do, and I was just talking about this with my girlfriend, it's like, it's not rocket science. It's like, once we figure this out, I think there's just, there's just some unlocking of some things in people's minds that, that will allow them to move forward in such a way that in in a way that they were not prior. And once we've, we can kind of unlock those things and then they can use me for accountability. It makes it easier for them to take the steps, to start to take the steps. That's the hardest part I feel is like getting started. And once you can start taking steps, um, They can they can start to build a little momentum, but I think that all starts with like at least having an idea where they can go. That's what I run into. Like, yes, people are afraid. Like, how am I going to replace this income? But then it's like, okay, make money. Like you said, it's just easy. Well, then they're like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? What am I going to sell? What am I going to? What's my service? What's my offering? And like, I think there are ways to hone in on that and. Thinking about things that you that you enjoy, thinking about skills that you have, and thinking about things that you've done, experiences that you've had, obstacles you've overcome—like those types of things. I mean, you're you're a perfect example of that. I mean, you you left your job. You want to help other people leave your job, and that's that's I'm in the same path. Like maybe there's, hey, you want to help people, uh, and this is an example I use all the time because it you want to help people move to a new country, find a job and navigate the visa process. There are so many people that would love to come to the United States. I could do that. And they're like, well, how am I going to get a visa? are like, Oh, okay, here's how I did it. And you only need to be like a couple steps ahead of people to get them where you are. It's like, you 100%. don't have to, I don't have to be, I don't have it. I don't have an MBA. I don't have a PhD. I, I don't, I don't have any of that stuff, but what I have is experience. I have, I have knowledge now that I can share and I have, a framework that I can walk people through to get them exactly where I am. And that's, to me, all you really need to do. So as I think about it, like my program can become, hey, what can you teach people how to do? But it also could be like, let's dig and figure out what it is you like, what it is you're interested in, and then we'll start from there. Are there people that do that as a service? Are there things that you can make and sell? Like, it it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, you just have to kind of do the thinking to draw those things out. And I'm not telling people what to do. It's just, to me, it's more about asking the right questions and guiding the conversation in the right way. It's like yeah. they have all the answers. It's just, they need someone to like pull it out of them, you know? And that's, yeah. that's, that's the way I view it.
0: Right yeah. Away. I love, I love that. I, as I've been uh, diving into this a bit more, right. Cause I was business coach, personal trainers. They already know what they want to do. They just need help, you know, making money, um, all that stuff. And now I've been doing market research calls, asking people in the corporate life, like, what is it? And I recently had a girl who um, doesn't know what she wants to do. Not sure. Um, but she's really interested in photography, not a photographer. And her level of thinking is I'm a photographer. Um, so I take photos and sell photos. You know, I put them up on the walls at coffee shops. Like that, that was it. One line of thinking. But like you said, just by asking questions, I'm like, what do you love in life? Like, if you could just do anything three years from now, what would that be? And she's talking about like experiences, more traveling. I love being out in nature, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, have you heard of Airbnb experiences? She's like, Yeah. I'm like, okay, so what if you learn photography? And then since you're in Denver, Colorado, you put up an experience where it's like, Hey, I will teach you photography and we'll go on the best hikes in Denver. So now you're hiking and doing the things you love and getting to share that with other people. And you're doing that with photography and you could sell that for like 200 bucks a person as this yeah. experience. And it's like, you know, I say that cause it's like, oh my God, I never thought that was a possibility. But all I did was like through the process of asking questions, realizing that she loves hiking and being outdoors. She wants to share her experiences with other people. She thinks she's she can only do that through taking a photo and then sharing that photo. I'm like, you can actually share experiences in other way and make money doing so. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, again, like you said, like, I'm not doing anything special. I'm just asking you questions and then giving you, you know, looking at it in a different way. And it's up to you like, oh my God, to, to take that next step.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I really love that. Um, so I'm curious about the the whole mindset stuff. I think, Sure. That, you know, I, I talk a lot about that. It's what I teach in my program. It's like my program is 90 days, uh, and it's mindset for 90 days essentially. Right. Like it doesn't end and it never will for the rest of your life, uh, <laughs> Sure. The beautiful part about being an entrepreneur is you get to kind of fast forward this human experience. You know, you said it with corporate life. Oh, you have the paycheck. It's expected. You know, you're not really pushed. You know, you can kind of just slide through the job if you want. I'm not saying everyone does that, but when you're an entrepreneur, it's that emotional roller coaster and you have to like really deal with shit. So I'm curious, what do you, what do you see in your teachings with mindset that is like the biggest block for people to taking the next step?
1: The two the two biggest obstacles are are again, what are we gonna do for money and then mm-hmm. what are we gonna do for work? And I think getting them through the fears of like that they're going to, I like to think about having them picture like what what is it that's gonna go horribly wrong? and like w- what are things you can do to combat those things that, can happen, may happen, but they're, they're usually highly unlikely. I mean, it's, I think it's a, it's a Mark Twain quote where he's like, I had great many troubles in my life, none of which are, are many of which have never happened. It's like, you yeah. think of this stuff and it's always the worst case things that come up in your head. And it's like thinking of ways to, um, expand that and, and be a little more positive and, and like gentle with yourself, but also, motivating yourself and finding what it is that you're going after and having a clear idea of what it is you want. I mean, that's one of the first things that we'll do with people. It's like, I have this exercise that I love and I, I actually did a, um, I did a 21 day email challenge at the beginning of last year, um, to start the new year and had a bunch of people sign up for that. I I loved doing it. So I basically wrote 21, uh, one email a day for 21 days with one task for them for the complete for the day. And the first one was write out your perfect day in as much detail as you possibly can think of and getting people to do that. Like so many people email me like, wow, that was such a cool experience or thing to do, but we often don't think about it because we are stuck. I think we are stuck in this, in this mindset, like this corporate job mindset for those of us that work corporate jobs, not everybody, but for those of that are in that corporate mindset that like work is work. you like, if it was fun, it wouldn't be work and I wouldn't get paid for it. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I mean, there are ways that you can kind of find the way that you want to do it and, and you can create this for yourself. So one of the other exercises I have people do is like, what are the things you hate? What are the things you are never going to deal with again in your job and like list them all out? Because we are basically creating your new job. So if you hate wearing a tie, that's a stupid example. But if you hate wearing a tie, like <laughs> you're not going to make a job where you want to like wear a tie again. Like, of course, that's not a like, very good example, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you hate think about like, the things no more that you meeting. don't like. Yeah, no more meetings. You know, it's like, you can, you can make this anything you want it to be. If you don't want to do one-on-one work with people, then figure out a way that it's not one-on-one anymore. And it's not whatever you think is, a terrible thing for your job. Like you don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. anymore. And then don't, like, you don't take any calls before 10. It's like, you can you can do whatever you want.
0: I don't take calls before nine. <laughs> That's, I don't do it. Dude,
1: I just had my, my first, uh, I had a new client, first call was Monday. And he's like, can you do 6.30 a.m.? And I was like, sure, I can do it. Earliest client call I've ever taken. I don't mind it. Um, but I do like discovery calls at a certain point in the day. And then I set the rest of the day. I set like a, a three hour window for client calls and I try to keep it within that, but it's fine. I'm flexible. I don't mind. I can do them from anywhere. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, and how fun, yeah, and great. Like,
0: how fun and great is that? Like, that's also the point. Like you get to decide if that's what you want. I could have do. said,
1: yeah, I could have said,
0: yeah. uh, you know what, man, six doesn't work for me. Let's
1: do nine. Like I could, I can do that. But yeah. I mean, it's, it was fine. With I'm up. by, I, I can't sleep anyway. I'm up at 3.30, 4.00 AM. Like it's, and I'm like a wide awake. So I'm like, Oh, you want to do it? Yeah, I'm good. I can do it 5.00 AM if you want. So it doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. So, but you can set your schedule, anything you want. You're basically creating your new job, but I think a lot of it, back to your mindset point, it, it, it's fear and it's conditioning. And it's things that we were taught from our parents, from our teachers, from our coaches, from our friends, what everyone else around us is doing. I mean, try to go anywhere in the united states especially in major cities talk to a new person talk to someone you never met i will guarantee that 95% of those people the first five questions they will ask you is like oh what do you do like that's just that's just a given yeah so it's like getting that getting that kind of like getting that work over everything mindset kind of out of our faces almost and like just having people think about things in different ways another thing is like not deriving your happiness from buying things and, and not the fact that you don't need as much as you think you need. Like, think about like, that's, that's kind of the biggest takeaway I had from my Kilimanjaro trip. I was like, shit, I was, I had the best three weeks of my life. I was with six good friends. I had the food and water I needed. I had some clothes and basically all jammed in a backpack. And I'm like, this is all I really need. And like, when I came home from that trip, I pretty much got rid of everything in my apartment to the point where like, people would come over and like, "Did you, wow, you just moved in, nice. I'm like, no, nah, I've been here for five years. I just didn't need all the shit I had. And uh, just getting people out of that, out of that mindset and that helps like build the financial cushion that helps lower the fears that they can transition and transition into a new role. Kind of phase the paycheck out. They can do this stuff in parallel paths. It's not like, okay, I need an idea right now. I have to quit my job and then I have to start at zero. It's like, no, you can start your new thing now. And as long as we can give people like a path with steps, with things to do that, if you do, if you take these thousand steps over the next year, you will be pretty far from where you started. And that's kind of the, the mentality that it takes. Like you can do these things in parallel. It doesn't have to be everything. Something stops, something starts, something stops, something starts. And the other thing is none of these decisions are permanent. None of these are permanent. Go off on your own, try something you want to do. If it fails, the worst thing that could happen is you just go back and work a corporate job again. Like what's the harm? Like the biggest thing for me was my friend coming to me and saying, Hey, I got this great idea for a fitness studio. And then me saying, nah, you know what? I really, I don't want to, I don't want to go without a paycheck for a couple months until we get this thing up and running. And then looking back in five years, it's like, he's got five studios and love and life. And I'm like, shit, why didn't I try that? Why didn't I try? Why didn't I try? And that I think is, is what it came down to for me. Like the, the fear of regret, the fear of regret is, is, Super powerful for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love every, there was so much in there. If you're listening, I would rewind that and just to <laughs> you said. There was so much good in there. Um, You know, yeah, like this is my biggest fear is I'm laying on my deathbed and I should have done this. I should have done this, right? People on the deathbed don't regret the things they did do. They regret the things they didn't do. Yeah. That is the scariest thing to me. So that's why I go, I go out and do these things. I, I'm not afraid of failure anymore because I mean, I failed enough. And guess what? I'm alive. I'm here, and it's only taught me so much, so I could grow quicker. Um, I, I want to get back, I, as you're saying. Like, I re- really want to talk about this, like the money thing. You know, that's sure. why you're here, dude. Whatever you, yeah, whatever you want. And, and you're talking about, you know, this kind of minimalistic lifestyle. As I sit here with a shelf full of shit behind me, um, and I mean, it just kind of hit me. I'm like, oh fuck! On my bike trip, I had three shirts, two bike shorts. A bathing suit for the occasional dip in a river or whatever and yeah and it just kind of like ate ate pretty simplistically and I didn't need these giant steak dinners and like no. I didn't need any of this stuff and no. it was those experiences it was seeing our beautiful country and meeting people that that was the best summer of my life one of you know um and yeah to reflect on how minimal it was like was incredible and um you know I, I lived a whole 90 days off of I forget what it was. three three four thousand dollars that whole summer.
1: Incredible. You know, obviously I didn't have
0: to pay rent. Um, did you sleep in a
1: tent the whole time?
0: Yeah, it was a tent sleeping bag. And it was all on the bike. Wow. Um, just camping around everywhere. And I have no other podcasts. Way. People, if people want to hear about that, DM me, I'll send you other podcasts. on the- I,
1: I'm going to DM you right now.
0: I got to find out which one I don't even know, but <laughs> I'll find the right one. But, uh, so, so getting back to this, you know, you said, okay, unlocking this mindset. And it, it typically is, what do I do for money? What do I do for work? It's like, okay. And I've talked about, right? I just said it. I don't think that's your real problem. What's the real problem here? But yes, money is important, right? We have to buy food. We, we, we have need to it. Yeah. I shelter and things like that. So how do you help people do that? How do you help them find money? Um, things like, yeah, maybe we can get rid of some shit in the house. Maybe you don't need the flannels and all the stuff. Right. So uh, where do you start with a lot of people?
1: First starting point (coughs) review is review of expenses. So that was a game changer for me knowing where I spent my money. Um, And that is literally like the first step I will take with anybody because I think the money part, it, it crushes a lot of fears and it gives people hope that like, yeah, this is possible. Like, oh shit, I didn't know I spent this much money on X. And it makes them really look at what they need and what they're what they're sometimes uselessly spending on. And depending on how quickly they wanna reach their goals, um, we can take drastic measures or we could take small measures and then it just takes a little longer. And depending on how much money they think they need based on, and I like to think about this as like their risk tolerance. So, and the example I was using is like, are you the type of person that's gonna, run up to the cliff, just take a quick look over and jump in? Or are you going to go down to the bottom, swim, try to touch the bottom, and you're going to ask people if anybody's died doing this and you're going to do a full-blown report on it? You're a little more risk-averse. You might want 24 months of savings, whereas the guy who just runs up and he's like, eh, it looks deep enough, you might want six months. Like It depends on where your risk tolerance falls on that. So if your monthly expenses, which we now know after we've gone through three months of review, your monthly expenses are thirty five hundred dollars, or say three thousand for easy for easy math, and you want twenty four months because you are very risk averse, you need to save seventy two thousand dollars. Now, how are we going to do that? Um, we're going to look through everything you spend. We're going to see. We're going to identify what are the things you love to spend on that you will not you will not budge on. Like some people, one of my clients was like. I love my Muay Thai classes and I feel terrible when I don't go in them. When I'm like, okay, then we're not going to cut those. Let's look at the shit you spend on. that. like, let's look at the $60 Postmate dinner. You buy three times a week. Let's look at the $700 car you are leasing right now. Let's look at you living in a high rise luxury apartment. That's $3,000 a month. Like let's look at those expenses and let's make some cuts where we can. And then we just lay out a, a clear plan to get you there. I think it helps to have a number and it helps to have identified the things that, you know, don't move the needle much in terms of your happiness. And we definitely know the things that you don't want to, that you don't want to cut on, that you don't want to like give in and, and get out of your life. And, and we're not trying to make this miserable for people. Uh, it depends on how miserable they are in their job. If they want to stay in their apartment for, for two years and save as much, save every nickel that they can, we can certainly put together a plan for that as well. Um, but I like to keep it as like, hey, you're going to make progress towards your new role, whatever that is, we'll get there. And you're going to be saving at the same time. So you know you're making steps. And the way I look at it and the way that I try to show people too is like, the day you hit your savings goal becomes your escape date. Like you can go in and you can you can say, okay, I've gotten what I need out of this job. And now it's time for me to start something else. I've got six months of my other gig already started. I'm on the path. So if it's going to take me 12 months to get to revenue with my new job, I've already started six of those. So now I'm six months away. I have the money saved that I need. Um, it gives people a little more comfort. It gives them a little more comfort that like, this is possible They don't need the paycheck as much as they thought they do. Like it's, it definitely like, it helps, it helps um, relieve some of those fears and giving people very clear steps in super small increments over a long period of time is the way to kind of do anything, right? It's like. No one's going to get to 100,000 followers in in three months. I mean, maybe they will. But the general thing is like, you're going to get 10 or 15 a week, you know, or 20 a week or 30 a week, whatever it is. And then over time, you look back and you're like, shit, that accumulated for a really, that accumulated over a really long time. And now I'm way further than I was a year ago. And that's kind of the way you have to think about this too. It's just, it's a path. I'm going to give them a roadmap. All you got to do is walk it. All you got to do is take small steps and you can get there you can definitely get there.
0: Yeah, I, I love that um, so, so much going through here, but like, you know, little by little becomes a lot. Yeah. And people, you know, you probably heard, um, you underestimate what you can do in a year, or sorry, you overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in 10. But I even like to break it down more like, you underestimate, you overestimate what you can do in a day and us- underestimate what you can do in a year. And what can really happen in the year? I remember reflecting on this past year and this sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I'm like, I forgot I had a birthday this year. Like, <laughs> I was just like, my birthday is in April and I was looking back and I was like, oh yeah. my, And I had this long hair down to my collarbone and I'm like, who the hell was I? You know, and that's, you know, not even a year ago. Um, and it's just kind of crazy to see the growth through all of that. Yeah. And I think people are always just trying to like, I need it now, I need it now. And I love sure. what you're saying that you don't have to quit your job. And people see this, like, you know, it's that overnight success, but it's like, for me, I didn't just quit civil engineering and moved to Colorado and become a fitness trainer. I've been doing fitness since I was 14 years old and self-educating myself on that. Then I spent another year and a half uh, being a part-time CrossFit coach, taking on personal training clients, you know, yeah, I did move there and I didn't have a job lined up, but like, I knew my shit. Yeah. And I knew I could do this. And I knew, you know, I could make money from that. And then, like, yeah. And then I didn't just become this like business coach. Um, I, I have been an entrepreneur for the past few years to learn all this stuff. So then I could become the business coach. And I think people just think like, oh, it has to happen now. And I love what you're saying. They're like, no, let's get this game plan. Let's start making money while we're at our job, while we have that nice paycheck. Yeah. So that we can quit. And we do have that game plan. And something I teach my clients. Uh, when i'm helping them build their their program my personal training clients i'm like it's super important to have these steps what are your milestones like you're saying like you have these milestones um, with uh wellness uh the money the game plan all that stuff but you tell someone in six weeks here's this here's the plan to get you know you to living a life you love and it's it's just innate in people people love to see the game plan it's like there's a reason why people sign up for marathons or tough mutters because now there's a date, and now it's like I oh, I better start running. Yeah, I better yeah. start doing the fucking push ups, otherwise I'm never going to complete this tough mutter, right? So it it helps us like ki- um kickstart that process, and and you're that guide to helping people do that. Um, I'm curious what you think about this as you're talking, and I've been thinking about this too in my head. Sure. Uh, what is the comfort of the job? stop or how does the comfort of the job stop you from taking the action right like if I kept being an engineer then I would continue to be this part-time personal trainer if I kept living in New York City uh, I would have kept being this part-time personal trainer but the fact that I quit engineering and left the state meant now I have to fucking do this I have to make money as a personal trainer I have to go all in on this so I'm curious what your thoughts are on the balance of like yes we don't want to lose that Comfortable paycheck, but also that Plan B is what's stopping you from going all in.
1: That's a great question. I I feel for me for for me that was like this. I kind of had this dual personality. I was this corporate guy, and I wore a suit, and I like I wore all the clothes, and I had to write emails in a certain way and speak in a different way. And then I had this other guy who like hated all that stuff and he was almost like fighting to get out, you know, like you're, you, and then once you break out and you can start to see like yourself shedding this layer of this person that was like, not you, you had to act, you're an actor. And once you, once you, once I thought about that, and I started to feel that, like that, that's a possibility. It was like, okay, now I have to go all in on this and like, just think of, and for me it was, it was a simplicity thing. It's like, I can have two personalities, or I can have one, w- which is simpler. <laughs> so it's like I have to get rid of this one. For me, it was all simplicity. I mean, there, there was there was so many things that I didn't that I didn't want in my life anymore that I needed to get rid of. Uh, mostly all around the corporate job and just things that were that just grew that would just grew on me. Um, but the other thing to help with the with the comfort was understanding how much i could actually spend if shit went horribly wrong and helping people understand that there are things you can do i mean i would i break it down in terms of like let's look at your actual spending let's look at like a streamlined spending level and then dude let's get nuts and look at fucking bare bones like if what's the absolute what could you possibly do if shit went horribly wrong and that that could be like I could go live with my parents. I could sell my car. I could ride a bike everywhere. I could work at Trader Joe's. I, I mean, there are, I could drive an Uber. I mean, there are so many things that like, there are so many steps you can take. And having that kind of worst case scenario played out in your head right before you take you take the leap is a, like, it helps. It definitely helps. And and it's helped us. It's helped me in other ways too. Like, I mean, for instance, my business partner who's more risk averse than me he had a checklist of like five things he absolutely wanted to do before we signed the lease for our fitness studio. And he would literally not sign the lease until we had all these conversations. And until we got the last conversation in, he's like, okay, I feel comfortable. If shit goes south, we can do X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, yep, okay, I'm in. Let's go sign the lease. And it was, it was hard for us because it was personally guaranteed. Um, so if the, if the business went south after year one, we still had to pay years two and three if the landlord wanted to be an ass and didn't want to try to remarket the space, which was over a hundred thousand dollars a year that we would have had to pay personally. So we were like, fuck, that's a big, that's a big risk. Like, I mean, that's just a, a kind of a scary risk if you've never done it before. And you have no idea how you're going to run the business that you're signing up to run. It's like, I look back at that. And I'm like, that was a pretty big one. I mean, I, but we did it and we survived, you know, and it's like, yeah. It just takes a little bit of like um, recognizing the fear and knowing that no matter what you try, that's new, the fear is going to be there and you just have to, you have to do it anyway. You have to just, you have to just act despite the fear. That's literally the only way, because I mean, even like, my girlfriend just had a job interview over zoom. She's like, I'm nervous. I'm like, well, I got this podcast at 11 and I'm or 11 and I'm like, I'm a little nervous too. Like you, for everything new you do, it just comes up. It just, that is always there. You just have to say, cool. I see you, but I think I'm going to try this anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I love this idea that um, yeah, the fear is always going to be there. And what's on the other side of fear, everything you fucking want, the person you so badly want to become it's right on the other side of that. And to just face it and to know like all your other fears that you face and you've broken through, you made it, you survived you it. and you probably learned a fuck ton from it and you grew. So it's like, yeah, the fear is a good thing. If there's any time, there's, you know, as long as it aligns with me, it has to feel good, right? But if if I'm like afraid of something, then I'm doing it. You know, yeah, to, yeah. You know, jumping in cold water, like, oh yeah, I'm so afraid. Like, okay, I gotta do this, you know. Um, but again, like it has to feel good for me. I'm not just gonna That's do stupid good. shit. But... Stupid
1: shit. Yeah, it has yeah. to be calculated, like, like right.
0: Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, I mean, I love what you said and I've been thinking this as you've been talking, but like, I love going there. Like, okay, what if, what, what if all this goes to hell? Like you're not going to be homeless. You can yeah. drive for Uber. Like you said, you can work at, uh, what'd you say? Trader Joe's like, Trader
1: Joe's, yeah. and,
0: and like, yeah. And like, I love the idea of driving for Uber. Cause like then you're still free, right? You can make your schedule, make as much as you want and you can come home, uh, and work on the, on, on the side hustle and continue to work on that. Um, so like and I think also too, you need to just do it because you'll find how resourceful you actually are. Yeah. And, and I I love getting that out of the way. Like um, again, going there, let's go there. What will happen? Uh, okay, I'll have to work for Uber or like, or I'll have to go get my old job again. Like, okay, that's fine. You'll, go work a corporate job. Let's yeah, you'll, like you'll learn so much from it. Um, but at the same time, you are resourceful. When you do get pushed in that corner, you will find out what you're made of. And it's so likely I had this conversation with my good friend, Taylor. He's the co-host of this podcast for the modern happiness side of this. And uh, you know, I reached out to him one day where I'm like, no one's signing up for my program. Oh my fucking God, I'm gonna have to drive for Uber, all this stuff. And he's like, okay, if you drive for Uber, that might happen, but do you have to do that? What else could you do? You know, Matt, you have a lot of skills. If you can't sign up personal trainers, how else can you help people? You know a lot about branding and marketing. So <clears throat> maybe you go work for a gym. And help them with their social media. You're a photographer. You can use that skills to take great photos for them and help them, you know, build up their Instagram. Like, there's other people, other places you can go. Like, maybe it's not the thing that you exactly wanted to do. Like, you really want to be a pers- uh, business coach for personal trainers, but in the meantime, you could still help gyms with their content. You could still go back sure. to that photography. Like, there's other things you can do. It actually doesn't have to be Uber. Um, but like, yeah, let's go there. And then also what else could you do with this, with this, um, you know, skill that you have? So you have to
1: take, you have to take the steps. And that's one of my favorite quotes is from Martin Luther King, Jr. It's like, you don't have to see the whole path. You just need to take the first step. And once you start taking the steps, things, things become clear to you, opportunities open up, things you wouldn't have never thought of become, become clear and come into your kind of your, your realm, you know? Um, And that's, I mean, that's, that's how I got here. I could have never left my banking job and said, I just want to go be a coach. Like I just didn't think of it. It just wasn't something that popped in my head until I started taking all these other steps and just kind of living, living the life I wanted to live. And then it just kind of appeared. I mean, that's, that's not going to help everybody and just say, it'll just happen. Just do it. But it's kind of the way it works. It's like, you're going to figure out you're going you're gonna to try, you're going to fail, you're going to see what works, you're going to see what doesn't, you're going to do more of what does work, less of what doesn't. And you're just going to continue on that path. Yeah. And you kind of have to just take the step.
0: Uh, yeah, 100%. That's, I mean, I love Nike. Just do it. Like yeah. people are waiting for their passion to appear, waiting for the perfect thing. And it's like, I don't know, I needed to do this bike trip. I wasn't really even looking for anything. I just knew I needed to do it. So I did it. And that led to, you know, realizing that, Wow, every day could actually be amazing. Which then I found CrossFit, and I found this my I found my re love for fitness. And and uh, you know my story is like a freshman year of college, I was getting a pump on, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, it'd be cool to be a personal trainer, but that's not a real career path, you know. And then what happens? You know, fucking whatever it is. Eight years later, I'm starting to do the personal training thing again. So, but then I then I just did that, and then I moved to Colorado four months later. I realized. Oh my God, personal training. I don't love this. Like I thought I would doing this full time. So then because I had this side hustle of photography, I was like, I love photography. Let me lean into that. And then because of that, I was like, I want to do more than just take photos. Let me learn about branding. So I started educating myself on branding and marketing and all that stuff and social media. And then COVID happened. And then because of all this stuff that I've compiled, I was able to become a business coach for personal trainers. Did I ever think I would become a business coach? No fucking way in hell but it never would have happened if I just didn't take those steps. So, right. yes. and, and you can see that from your whole story too. Uh, so it's yeah. awesome. So, all right, I want to finish this just to recap again. Uh, sure. The, the, the great thing you said about the, the, the finances and stuff is, uh, you know, people could do this on their own um, is to just look through their fi- look through your finances and like, what does this look like? Are there stuff I can get rid of? Um, and then what does it take to save up that I would feel comfortable leaving my job. And if I never made a dollar, you know, for the next, is it six months? Would that feel okay? Is it a year Would that feel okay? Okay. If it's a year, how much money do I need to live this life? And what can I cut out? What is an absolute no, no. Like I need this uh, non-negotiable, right? Um, I need the cross-membership because that fills me up. So yeah, people just went, took that step. What does this look like? If I were to quit today, what does that look like? How much money would I want? Um, And then I think the next step, what you said is like, okay, then figuring out what is it we're going to do? And uh, you know, then if you need, if you need to figure that out, call Brian, hire Brian. <laughs> w- was all that pretty accurate for pretty accurate. Jobs? Yeah.
1: There, Yeah. Yes. Pretty yeah. accurate. There's and, a lot uh, into uh, it. You yeah. Know, we're, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. a
0: teaser so that, you know, yeah. we can't give everything away. People got to hire you. No,
1: that's <laughs> uh, Yeah, No, it's great. That's uh, yeah,
0: great. Awesome. Brian, uh, is there anything um, parting words for people who are stuck in the corporate job and just kind of, scared but like they've had enough what, what would you tell those people
1: this is what i tell everybody question everything literally question everything why you why you chose the path you did why you're doing it now why you feel like you have to stay there what is it that you want to do that's that that is like still itching at you from the inside like question everything that comes your way um because everything that's been done everything that's done is just somebody else's way of doing what they want to do and there's no reason that you can't do the same. There's no reason.
0: Yeah. So fucking true. And I love, you know, going back to what you said before the perfect day exercise, three years, three years from now, five years from now, what does a perfect day look like? Mm -hmm. And you can go through that and ask yourself, like (laughs) I did this exercise once when I was a photographer and I didn't say anything about photography and that scared the shit out of me. I was like, this was supposed to be my thing. Oh my God. And so, yeah, I had, I had to start questioning what the hell I'm doing. And, uh, And with the perfect day exercise is also the beautiful part. If you say, "I want to," you know, live on a mountainside or whatever, I want to live in Colorado. Go fucking live in Colorado. But that's an extreme step. But also, if you say, "I would love to wake up," you know, and uh, meditate every morning and journal, or you know, I'd love to trail run, or I'd love whatever. Like these smaller things, I'd love to go surfing every day. And if you already live in California, then go surf. Yeah. What is stopping you from doing those? Stopping part of your perfect day. So at least. Yeah, maybe you don't quit your job right away. But if you see in your yep. perfect day, there's things you could do right now, go do those things and you'll start to be a little happier. And that's the goal, yeah, right? totally agree. Totally agree. Awesome. Brian, thanks so much for your time. Um, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having uh, me. People can find you at Simple Man Guide on Instagram.
1: Correct. And SimpleManguide.com. SimpleManguide.com. Right.
0: Perfect. It'll it'll be show uh, notes.
1: Yeah, perfect. Do you mind if I, I'm going to take a photo here.
0: Oh, yeah. So I can share share a
1: little bit. Is that all right? Do something cool. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, let's go.
1: Bring
0: the hype. (laughs) hype. I love it. (laughs) All right, Brian, thanks so much. And thanks, uh, man. Thanks
1: for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Awesome. All right. Peace out, everybody. All right. Take care, man.